you for joining us on this Sunday morning as we continue in our series called Forward. Because as a church family, we are indeed moving forward. AJ and all my first graders, you can grab your first grade Bible on this Sunday in honor of, of the gift that the church has provided you. I'm going to use uh, a same copy of your first grade Bible called Following Jesus Bible. And again, we thank God for our kids' ministry and all those who invest in the lives of our kids, discipling them to know, grow, and go in the power of the gospel. And that's what we're talking about as a, a Bible-believing church. We're talking about the power of the gospel and how the church goes forward in the power of the Holy Spirit to do and be what God has called us to be, and that is his witnesses throughout the world. So I want to invite you to join me as we continue in that series from the third chapter of Acts third chapter of Acts is where our message for the morning is coming from. So you can meet me there in your copy of God's Word or in your smart devices and meet me at Acts chapter 3. When you find it, you'll find words similar to these. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us, verse 5. And he fixed his attention on him expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. He entered the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to continue in this journey, challenged by God's word, to live with God's purpose. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much that you've allowed us to gather in this sacred space. That through your Holy Spirit, we're able to sing your praises and declare your goodness. And now, Father, we ask that you would uh, do a transformative work in all of our lives that you would continue to uh, cultivate our hearts as receptive soil for the seed of your word, uh, that we might have an obedient response to your word, and that we might go, grow, and help others to know who you are through your word. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Peter and John on their way to the temple. Peter and John, being members of the church, were used, was used by God to make an impact in a broken life. 
And saints of God, I want to begin our journey together through the word of God with this truth in our minds because God has given us, the church, the responsibility to share with those who are far from God the hope that we have in God, that it might lead them to faith in God. But that is, in fact, you know, it looks like your neighbor already disconnected. Just turn to him. He's talking about your responsibility. Here's the reality. Those that are listening online, those who are here in purpose, in, in, in person, God has blessed all of us. If we are believers in Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, that we have a mandate, an assignment to fulfill the purpose that God has declared upon all of us. And remember, Hillary, what he said, you shall be my witnesses. This is what we're going to see all through the book of Acts, how God used his church, the body, the individual believers to be witnesses. And as God did it then, he does it now. And so we have a responsibility to share with others who are far from God the hope that we have in God. Because like this man in the text who Peter and John encounter, who is lame, who is broken at the gate called beautiful. The reality is, the truth is, if you haven't closed your eyes, if you haven't disconnected from all things media, the truth is that we live in a broken world. Everywhere you look, you don't have to look far to see the brokenness of our society, see the brokenness that happens in families, see the hopelessness that has so saturated communities. We just remembered how we were there uh, over 20 years, I think, when we were remembering um, the 9-11 events. We were remembering one of the tragedies that happened in the life of our country. We remembered how many uh, brave souls went to help rescue others in the midst of that tragedy tragedy, and there in the midst of it all, something stood. Just yesterday, we were, we were reflecting on it as a nation, reflecting on the heroine of those brave men and women who risked all to help save others. I'm going somewhere with this, because in the midst of all the calamity, when the dust was starting to clear, there back on that day, September 11th, when the dust began to clear, what came into focus, what was still standing, was well, the church. St. Paul's Chapel stood when the dust cleared. And those who were looking for a place of refuge looked up and they saw the church. And on the eve of, on the, on the latter part of September 11th and going into September 12th, it was that church that served as a refuge and a rescue center to those who were hurting and who were looking for rescue. Come in, saints of God, just as that's a picture of the building, the body of Christ is the rescue center for a broken world. And God has given us the purpose to go out and let others know that he is the hope of glory. We are the church. And as the church collectively and individually, those who are under the lordship of Christ, we have a responsibility. We have a purpose to share the truth of Christ to a broken world. Because those who are listening here and those who are listening at home, I just want to remind you that we have hope in Christ. 
that in the midst of all you see that's happening in our society, there is still hope in Christ. That's why as believers, we never have to get to a place of hopelessness when we know that our hope is in Jesus Christ. And it's that hope that God has commissioned, sent us out to be able to share with others because the truth is there are some people who won't encounter the hope of Christ in here unless we who are in here will go out there. I'm really in the text because you have Peter and John. Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray. We ought not run past that because if you just see Peter and John together, you see the hand of God. When you read their names in the text, Dr. L, I know you know this. When you see Peter and John, you see them as the most unlikely individuals to couple together to do ministry. When you see Peter and John in the text and you understand anything about Peter and you learn anything about John, you see how the power of God is able to take two conflicting personalities and put them together to do ministry. I'm trying to help you understand something, Peter and John. Peter uh, Peter was the one who was brash. Peter was the one who always spoke before he thought. Peter was that apostle, that always got himself in trouble. Had that hand, foot, and mouth disease. You know, his foot was always in his mouth. Don't look around right now because we may have some Peters among us. Peter was that guy who was, who was hot-tempered. You know, he, he was always at the ready. He, he, he was ride or die. I'm wrong crowd. I'm sorry. Uh, Peter. But Peter was that kind of apostle, whereas John, on the other hand, was more contemplative. John was that disciple who declared himself as, as the disciple of, after God's own heart. He was the one who was humble. He was the one who, who, who was more, more cerebral. In fact, if you look at the crucifixion time, Peter was the one who was warming his hands at the enemy's fire. John was the one at the foot of the cross. Uh, two conflicting personalities that God used to bring together to do ministry. Come here, I'm just bringing you back to chapter 2 in Acts where he talks about the church and he says they were all one on, on one accord. That's the power of the Holy Spirit's work in the life of those who are believers in Christ. Get this, that God's Holy Spirit is so good, so powerful, so strong that it can take people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences in life and bring them on the common ground of Jesus Christ. That we are able to gather here as one family, not because we all get along, not because we all look alike, not because we all come from the same place, but because we got the same common Savior and we got the same common issue. Let me help you understand our common issue, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Cass, that's what we all got in common. And here's the reality, that we are all saved by grace. The same Jesus who saved me, the same Jesus who saved you, and somebody out there who are not, who's not in here needs to hear that Jesus can save them too. How do we do that? Well, we have to continue to be loyal to God. If we're going to witness in a broken world, we, the body of Christ, must continue in our loyalty to God. Because loyalty to God leads to divine opportunities with God. I hope you see it. Do you see their loyalty? Peter and John are together. They're ministering. And look what the Bible says. They are on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. This is how you are loyal to God. When you're committing to prioritize prayer in the proper place in your life. That 
brings your loyalty to God. That demonstrates your loyalty to God when you prioritize prayer. When you begin your day, schedule throughout your day a time to pray. Come here. I just want to help you grow in your relationship with God. Because if God is going to use us, if God is going to use you and I as believers, as we enter our mission field out there in our community, our workplace, our school place, AJ, what we must do is we must learn how to pray. Because these believers understood that the assignment that they had was too heavy for them to do on their own accord. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God was calling them to do. And so they're on their way to pray. And while they're on their way, they are intersected by brokenness. Uh, Notice the text. The text says, for there was a man who was lame from birth. Lorraine, he, he was born this way. He, he didn't do anything, Kimberly, to get this way. He came in the world this way. All, all he knew was his brokenness. And look at where he was placed every day. Don't run past this. Every day, the broken man is placed by the beautiful gate of the temple. Mm. Every day, he, he, he sits there. He's laid there at the temple having to watch people with the ability he, do, he does not have go into the temple because his condition uh, precluded him from entering in the temple because he was born that way. He was born with brokenness. He was born with this um, agonizing disability. Physically, he couldn't go any further than other people were willing to take him. And every day of his life, he's laid by the temple. This is significant. Chapter 4 tells us it's been 40 plus years he was being laid by the temple. Get this. Every day, over 40 years, this Lame man, this crippled man, this broken man is laid by the temple begging people who are called to ministry to minister to him. Every day outside of the gates, he's begging for the followers of God, begging for them to impact his life. And how many days of his life they just passed him by not seeing him. I mean, truthfully, if you look at the context of the text, this isn't the first time Peter and John was even at the temple. Because they too, as um, good practicing Jewish believing Christians, were going to the temple daily at the hour of prayer. But on this particular day, Anthony, they saw him. Let me sit by you for a moment. Because if we're going to be the witnesses God is calling us to be, if we're going to live with the purpose that God has placed within all of us as believers to make a difference and an impact for the glory of God in this world, we have to end our loyalty to God, understand that God will give us opportunity to represent him and to be his witnesses. So that as we're moving through the life and navigating our life's journey, it's important for us to understand that we must look where God is leading us so we won't overlook who God is leading us to. Can, can I talk to you for a moment? Hmm? You said you want to say it again. You want to say it again, Anthony. We must look to where God is leading us, so that we don't overlook those God is leading us to. 
Because the body of Christ, as the body of believers, the sovereignty of God assigns where we go and who we run into as we are going. I'm trying to work for a moment here. The sovereignty of God, the superintending of God over the life of the believer. Don't ever think that your life as a child of God is lived by coincidence. No, your life is not lived by coincidence. Your life is lived out through providence in the sovereignty of God, sovereignty of God, the control of God, because the Bible teaches us in the word of God that God orders our steps. Check it out. It says the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. My life verse, Proverbs 3, uh, 5, 6, 7 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him. Heather, I'm going to get King James on you. And he shall direct your path. Get it, saints of God, that the steps of the good man, the steps of the church, the steps of the believer are ordered by the Lord and the path that you walk on is directed by the Lord. You're looking at me like you don't believe me. Let me help you for a moment. Jonah would tell you even when you think you're following your own life, God has already orchestrated that you're going to follow this thing the way God says for you to do it. Because when Jonah thought he was going his own way, God already prepared a fist to get him to go God's way. Come here. You're not living your own life. No, not if you're under the lordship of Christ. Because if you're under the lordship of Christ, then he controls how you live your life and where you live your life. And as you live this life, he's going to orchestrate your steps in the grocery store. He's going to orchestrate your steps on the campus. He's going to orchestrate your steps in your community so that your steps might intersect with somebody who is broken outside of the beautiful gates of our edifice and they're crying and begging for us to make an impact in their lives. What are you going to do when you pass by the ugly sights of our beautiful gates? Because the truth is, Wileen, sometimes we don't always want the ugliness inside. We, 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 we've professed how, we, we, we perfected how we can ignore. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling the truth. You drive in your car, and then all of a sudden you try to not make eye contact. <laughs> as you pass the brokenness of our society, as those who don't know hope, don't know the love of God, don't know the forgiveness of God, are drowning in regret and, and drowning in pain and just waiting for somebody who really has the answer to come to their needs. There they are, Peter and John. The Bible says they looked on him. In the Greek, they saw him. In the Greek, it's not just they, they looked on him. They, they saw in him. Catch this. They saw beyond his condition to his humanity. Isn't it interesting that the Bible never tells us his name, but it tells us his condition? Yeah. And sometimes we get so jaded in our lives that we don't see people for who they are, that we see them for what they're going through. But when God sees people, he sees people, as he declared in John 3.16, with love for God so love the world. That includes the broken. That includes the left out. That includes the rejected. That includes the lame that's right outside of our city gates. Yeah. And we as the body of Christ must not Overlook them. Because God will use you to make a blessing in their lives and then turn around and use them to be a blessing in your life. Here, let me go ahead and share my own testimony with you. Uh, because here's, here's the reality. I was uh, one day, have you ever been so, so hungry, you know, Lee, like, like, you, like you're really, really hungry, you're driving, and you got you, uh, you it's Tuesday, so you pass by Popeyes? <laughs> Anybody in here with me? Uh, just, just. Uh, I'm not looking at my wife right now because I feel guilty. Right here on Tuesday, you, 
you pass by Popeyes and you get that, that blessing from out. Man, I'm telling you, look, I was on my way home uh, from work and, and, and Jason, it was one of them days, bro. It was one of them days. And I looked up and I saw, I, was, uh, I felt a calling, you know. <laughs> you know, I want to get a leg and a biscuit. I, I felt it. I, I, it, was call, it, was, it was almost like a, you know, you know, a special call. So, so I pulled over. I'm on Jones Road and I pulled over and I, 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 get, I get the meal that I believe was ordained for me. And so... <laughs> And so I'm driving down Jones Road. I'm driving down Jones Road, and there, uh, finally, I get to 249 on Jones. On my way home, trying to get to 249, and there was somebody broken on the side. They had one of them signs, you know. They had one of them signs, um, going to work for food, please help. And I'm looking, and I saw my Popeye's biscuit and my, and I'm smelling it, and I'm enjoying it, uh, wanting to enjoy it. But all of a sudden, I see the sign. I see the sign, and, and, and I, I roll down the window, feeling conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I give it to him. When I gave it to him, I, I, in my mind, you know, I'm thinking, oh, what are he going to do with this? I, I'm, I, don't look at me like I'm the only one who do this. Uh, so I'm watching him, Cass. I'm looking at him. I'm at the red light. I can't go nowhere. I'm looking at him. And, and, and to my surprise and amazement, this, this broken man um, takes the food that I'd given him. He went to the medium. I won't ever forget this. He went to the medium, and there he was. He knelt down in the grass. He began to pray over the food I gave him and then opened it up and began to eat. And God told me if a broken man could be grateful for a blessing, then you ought to be grateful enough to share a blessing with those who are broken out there. I'm not done yet. Because sometimes what stops us from doing what God has called us to do is that we, 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 we magnify and amplify what we don't have instead of sharing what we do have. Look at the text. Peter and John says, uh, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we will give unto you. Don't miss this, saints of God. You may not have everything you think you want, but you definitely in Christ have everything you need. And there's somebody out there broken outside our gates who needs to hear what you got. You need to tell them that, you know what, I don't have everything together, but I do have grace from God. And just like I have it, you can have it too. You have to tell them in the name of Jesus. Boy, that's, that, that's something about that name. In, in the name of Jesus Christ. Look what he says. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and be healed. It's right there in text. They didn't ignore him. They didn't ignore his brokenness. No, they saw the assignment and noticed their witness. Their witness wasn't limited to their words. Mm. Their witness was also backed up by their works. I'm right there in the text. Because James says it this way, what's good is to say you have faith and you have no works. Faith without works is dead. Notice the text, Peter and John didn't just tell him that that is in the name of Jesus he can be healed, but they extended to him a hand to help lift them up to experience the very healing that came from the declaration of Jesus Christ. What am I telling you, saints of God? It's not just enough for us to come in here and talk about how good God is when we step over the brokenness out there and never share with them just how good God is. If God so good to me that he's enabled me to be good to somebody else. So we don't walk over them. We get on the side of them and lift them up and tell them the same God who healed me, the same God who saved me, the same God who redeemed me is able to use me to be a blessing in your life. Ah, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Because God wants to use us to lead others to recognize God's transforming power through Jesus Christ. 
He wants to use us to help others recognize it. But if we're silent about it, they'll never know it. If we don't live it, all we're doing is passing by. And I love what my brother says. My brother Richard Taylor says it this way. He says, because the ugly sight at the beautiful gate wasn't the broken man. It was all the blessed folk ignoring the broken man as they're going into the temple. Oh, but when you live with purpose and God is able to use you, he'll use you to help transform others so that they can do what you saw the broken man do in the text. I love you, Cassie. I wish I had time. They said uh, they, that, that when he felt strength, he began leaping, walking, and praising God. Come here, come here, come here, come here. He's the only one I see in the temple that's going into the temple this way because something happened in his life that when he entered the temple, it didn't matter what nobody else was doing. He knew that God had done enough in his life to warn him to walk in the temple, leaping, walking, and praising God. Some of us come up in here like this is some kind of spectator sport that I come to see, but no, not this man. This man realized what God has already done for him, and other folks saw him walking, leaping, and praising God. I hear the psalmist says, enter to my gates with thanksgiving, into my courts with praise, be thankful to me and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is, anybody in here know the Lord is good that will cause you to leap, to walk, and to praise God? Anybody in here know that God still transforms lives, that you can walk, leap, and praise God so that when you walk out of here praising God, you can tell somebody who don't know God yet that God is worthy to be praised and in the name of Jesus, you too can be made well. Because oftentimes all of us see ourselves when we read these texts as Peter and John. But the truth is, all of us was that broken man by the beautiful gate. Because all of us at one time in our lives were broken by sin. Weighed down by the regret and the chaos that sin causes. Oh, but Christ saw us in our brokenness and wouldn't leave us that way. But while we were yet sinners, Christ came in the midst of our brokenness, took on our brokenness and was broken for us that we might be able to be lifted up, that we might be able to walk in the Spirit of God, that we might be able to live lives of praise to God. And now that same Christ who redeems us by his blood, welcomes us into the family of God, wants to use us as the people of God to help other people know who God is. And they do it when we see those who are broken at our beautiful gates. When we reach down and minister to those who are broken at our beautiful gates and to tell them there's something about that name. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. There's something about that name. What's his name? What's his name? That's the name that redeems us from our sins. That's the name that we are born again. Through that name, we are able to have forgiveness of sins. And others need to know that there is still something. Next week, we're going to get there. Something about that, that name. Come on here. Stand all over the building if you can. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. 
And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.